When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. I want to welcome all of you, the Pewter people, to a victory Monday! First time in 43 days, 43 days it has been since we are celebrating a Victory Monday. And Shaggy could not have said it any better. Get your Celsius. It's Victory Monday. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, it feels good. Yep. I got my Celsius as well. There we go. A little uh, sparkling orange pomegranate today. Um, yeah, I mean, the vibes are high. The The team won. Things yes. are better. Um, we'll talk Indeed. more about the game. We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming opponent with the 49ers. We have Todd Bowles today for our usual Monday press conference. Yep. And a nice surprise. We didn't make a scene, but we got Jamel Dean. <laughs> That's uh, right. Which was a surprise because, like, typically we usually just get Todd. And then they were like, right. oh, yeah, Jamel Dean's coming out. I was like, all right. Yeah, cool. that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so victory Monday typically what that means is the players have the day off, right? Um, but that's not the case today at, at you know, one buck in your place, the Advent Health Training Center. It's never the case here at Pewter Report. We're always working on a Monday uh, to give you, Pewter people, the content that you want on PewterReport.com and the podcast that you need, which is our Monday podcast. And you know what that means? At 420, we do this little cool thing called Roll Call, where we find out exactly where you, the pewter people, are listening and watching from. It's so cool because it's not just you Floridians around the Tampa Bay area or across the state. It's not just you Americans that are watching across the Fruited Plain, but it's also our international fans, which we love too, from all over this world uh, that tune in live for the podcast. And we appreciate everyone who can't tune in live either. If you're watching this, or listening to this podcast in its in its uh, uh, archived form. Thank you very much for your views, for your listens. We greatly appreciate it. And make sure you subscribe. Hit the notifications when you do, too, because that way, if we go live or have any other new content on Peter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel, you guys know about it. Yeah, absolutely. And a great point, Scott, about um, you know those that aren't able to watch live. Because we do understand. We, we do the show at 4 o'clock, typically. Yeah. Not everyone's able to, to view in right when we get going. So... Um, if you want to put in the comments, you know, on our YouTube channel after we're done, where you're watching from as well, I'll make yeah. sure that we go in and, and like every single uh, yes, comment absolutely. for the location. So we really appreciate you guys. Love the Peter people. So uh, we'll do roll call in a little bit in 420. Again, yep. a double whammy, a good double whammy of yes. Victory Monday and uh, roll call. Because Mondays typically suck, but not when uh, we're doing roll <laughs> call. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you to Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse, for the two dollars super chat. Who says Victory Monday? Let me hear you, crew. LFG. Yeah, I mean, everyone's in a good mood. I think Todd Bowles was in a was in a better mood today. The Trask fans are probably in a good mood because he uh, he got a snap uh, in yesterday's yeah. game in victory formation. <laughs> so, thanks, Paul, for another uh, two dollars super chat. Who says Congrats to yeah. the Trask Wallachs. Trask took a snap. He did. He did. I even wrote about it with. Um, <laughs> With the uh, uh, the snap count today, which yeah. I do every week, I just thought it was a little fun thing. You could add him to the list of people that for uh, sure played, took a snap on offense. So yeah, we appreciate this go. comment here from Wade Butler. Hello, Peter. Yeah, Report. y'all the best. So no, thank you, Wade. Yeah, Wade. Yeah, Wade. You're uh, you're in the comments all the time. So definitely uh, definitely appreciate your uh, contributions to to the show with with constantly commenting and and all that stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> love this comment <laughs> from Peter. Kakareka that says, uh, yeah, need a pewter theme Celsius yeah. pewter vibe. I wouldn't mind like a pewter can as well, like the pewter jerseys yes. that the box right. have. I, I agree. Think, uh, I, I wonder what, what the flavor would be though. Like what's what does pewter taste like, right? I mean, like I, I'm rocking the Oasis <laughs> vibe here, right? 
And, um, um, you know, it, the Oasis vibe is sparkly, prickly pear lime. And, and it's great because it's got a great balance of, of like, you know, that lime flavor, a little tart, but it's also got a little bit of sweet to it with the prickly yeah. pear. I don't know what pewter would taste like though, Matt. Do you like what? No, I'd have to marinate <laughs> on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Just exactly. a little bit. But it's a good idea. Good suggestion, though. We love that. Very much so. And uh, thank you to Eric Moreno for this uh, $2 super chat who says, You guys think Carlton Davis plays Sunday? Interesting question and a good question. Yeah. Uh, very important for the Buccaneers. Carlton's missed a couple of games now. Yeah. With a foot injury, not in a row. Uh, he did earlier in the season, but he. Right. Right. And I was actually very surprised by that because we spoke to Carlton during the week. Obviously, he mm -hmm. did not play well against the Texans. And typically, if a guy is injured or he pops up on the injury report, they're not yeah. always made available in the locker room. But it was so egregious how bad Carlton played that, yeah. again, we gave him all the credit for uh, you know standing up to, to face the music. It remains to be seen. Um, you know, We'll find out more on Wednesday and Thursday and, of course, Friday, which is the big indicator. But... I don't know. The way Zion McCollum plays, I don't think there's a necessarily no. a, a rush to get Carlton Davis back. And yeah. I do think Carlton will play better, especially if they're playing more man-to-man, -man, which yeah. uh, Jamel Dean spoke about today yeah. a little bit, how much he enjoyed that. Um, but I, I don't think there's any rush. And it's so funny with Zion McCollum because, like, one week he'll play 100% of the snaps. The next week he won't get right. a snap on defense, and that's just the life of a uh, yep. a backup cornerback. But, yeah, I feel pretty confident with Zion if he has to play big reps because he had to do it last season. He struggled, but yeah. he was a rookie. This year he's made major improvements, major strides, and I, I think all this starting experience, whether it's been for Jamel Dean, whether it's been for Carlton Davis, has been nothing but great for him just uh, just from a learning standpoint. And right especially in a couple seasons when Carlton's contract is up and Jamel's contract is up, you feel pretty good about Zion McCollum taking yeah. the reins as a future starting cornerback. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because you know, the, the pro football focus grades, you know, they come out uh, around, around noon o'clock typically for a one o'clock game the previous day. And they were not too kind to a couple of guys that I, I thought, you know, played pretty well. Matter of fact, Zion McCollum got a forty-one point three grade. He was the low. He was the third lowest graded Buccaneer defender. Joe Tryon-Shawinka was the second lowest at uh, forty point seven, and Devin White was the lowest at thirty-five point eight. And uh, while I didn't think JTS had a great game, I thought Zion did a pretty, pretty good job. He only allowed twenty-eight yard. Sorry, yeah, twenty-eight yards on three catches. Right, and so. That's not a bad day at the office. Uh, <laughs> right. Didn't have any penalties. Right. Had one pass breakup. So, um, you know, sometimes PFF, I agree with the grade. Sometimes I don't. This is one of those where I think Zion certainly played better. I know that the coaches are are thrilled with how he played and Jamel Dean played as well. And really, the, the proof is in the pudding in terms of of what you're holding the opponent to. And And this was a great instance of the pass rush working in concert with the coverage, right? Yes. When Will yes. Levis had time to throw, there wasn't too many people that were open, certainly enough to move the sticks and get in the end zone. And, and then when he didn't have time to throw that pass rush was just getting there and you know, the, the coverage was what it was. So even if, you know, even if there was a guy breaking free uh, on a particular pass play, whether it was, you know, um, uh, D hop or, or somebody else on, on the Titans, uh, Josh Wiley, whoever uh, it didn't matter because Will Levis was hit 13 times and sacked yeah. four times. And, and uh, you know, you can't sit there and, and, and just take the template from that game and apply it a week ago to the Houston Texans and expect the same outcome, right? It wouldn't have necessarily translated to, well, six points for the Houston Texans, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because different players, different schemes, everything. But, one has to wonder what could have been in Houston had they applied more pressure, had they been this aggressive, had they played more man coverage. Yeah. Um, the outcome might've been the same. It still might've been a loss, but I, I, I would, I would bet money that you're not seeing 470 passing yards and five touchdowns from CJ Stroud. If that's the case. And the Texans are showing that they're the real deal. They just yeah, beat the Bengals. Team. They just beat the <laughs> Bengals team. Yeah. yesterday. And it is also one of those kind of effects. It's like, well, if, they didn't play so bad against the Texans. Do the Bucs make those adjustments this yeah. week against the 
the Titans. It's one of those uh, chicken and the egg things. And uh, I, I really like the point that you made, Scott. A lot of times in the NFL, in general terms, we talk about complementary football, and we and we yeah. I talk about the offense and the defense playing complementary football. But within that complementary football, I thought the Bucks' defense complemented each other, as you said. Yes, a great pass rush, all the quarterback hits. DeAndre Hopkins was a non-factor in the game. That's really difficult to do, even though he's getting up there in age. He's still as talented as ever. So uh, really loved how the Bucs played. And, and thank you to Super Straight Cash for this uh, for this comment. PR is the best team coverage in football. Bucks should have y'all on scouting team. <laughs> salary. Yeah. Scouting team salary. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we take it. I mean, yeah. I was actually just thinking the other day, Obviously, we have draft season coming up yep. in a little bit. We'll see how this Bucks season goes. But, you know, uh, the, the combine, the senior bowl, no one hits Bucks predictions in the draft like Scott Reynolds does with his Bucks best. Well, it's Peter Report. It, I mean, I, I spearhead it, but I mean, it's it's a it's a total team effort, right, in terms of, of how we kind of collaborate things. And, you know, we all go to the senior bowl. We all do the interviews at the combine. We kind of figure out, you know, from those interviews, right? Because sure, the combine yeah. is completely different, right? The senior bowl, we actually watch football. Uh, yeah. At the combine, we're watching, you know, the underwear Olympics. But but really, it's those interviews. It's, it's uh, we kind of, we have a feel for what is a Buccaneer? What is a Jason Light draft pick look and sound like? What is a Todd Bowl player look and sound like in terms of, of their football IQ, of, um, you know, their their aggressiveness, yeah. their confidence, those types of things. And and I think that, you know, you you package that all together with our film study and and we kind of talk about things as a group and yeah nobody covers the draft like peter report that's for sure damn right uh thank you to ryan giles for this 499 super chat who says Devin white looked like his old self yesterday is it possible the coaching staff has misused him and the best is yet to come scott i think you hit the nail on the head yesterday when you were just like listen Devin White is not good in pass coverage, so don't yeah. put him in pass coverage. And that's exactly what Tampa Bay did. They implemented <laughs> Devin White by blitzing him, blitzing him, blitzing him. Yeah. And it worked. Now, I think we'll find out more next week when they play against the, the 49ers. Is it more an indictment of just the Titans don't have a good offensive line? And, and Will Levis, obviously, there's more footage on him, more tape. And that was his third career game. Is that more of the story, or is Devin, can he be this consistent blitzer, this consistent linebacker that makes an impact on the game? Next week, uh, we'll definitely tell much more yeah. of the story. But this was the Devin White that we all came to know and love in, you know, in the 2020 season, helping the Bucs yeah. win a Super Bowl. And they need that Devin White week in and week out. Yeah, and the one thing I'll add to that point, Matt, is, is it seems to me when when Devin's going in reverse, when he's dropping in coverage a lot, and they have been spot dropping their linebackers and playing zone coverage quite a bit during these these losses here, I think it robs him of some of his effectiveness as an aggressive player. I think he loses some of that edge. I think he's not as as aggressive and dialed in as he is playing closer to line of scrimmage, where he knows he is hitting his gap. Whether it's a run blitz, whether it's a, it's pressure on the quarterback with you know with a dedicated blitz on on a passing down, I think that's where Devin's at his best, and it does make him a little bit of a one dimensional player. It's not to say that Devin White is is a liability in coverage. We've seen him pick off some passes. He had a fantastic postseason in 2020. Yep. It's just that he has not really been able to get better, and I think Todd Bowles honestly wants him to be a complete linebacker. He wants to put him in those situations to get the reps, to get the experience, to yeah. be a linebacker that's multifaceted. But that just isn't, and we're five years into this now, that's not Devin's strength. He is better as a pass rusher than he is in coverage. Look at his interception totals mm -hmm. throughout his career. He has two interceptions in the regular season, two. And one of those was in self-defense this year against Jalen Hurts, who threw yeah. the ball literally right at him. He had to catch it in self-defense. So the other interception was against the Jaguars in 2019. And um, so, uh, you know, there comes a point in time we have to sit there and say, you know, th th this guy is what he is. And it's not like he can't get better, but he's not going to be a guy that is going to be a playmaker in coverage like he is. Right. rushing the passer and, and attacking. And I mean, he had an opportunity to get up, you know, on the first drive to catch a pass. It was his pass breakup. Uh, he had a chance to pick off a pass against Josh Wiley 
down there about the eight yard line and dropped it. So it's kind of what we talked about the the Bucks defense in total, but I, I think it I think it the the same message applies to Devin White. Don't try to mask his weaknesses anymore. Yes. Just let him yes. do what he does best. Yep. And you know, kind of live with the results one way or another. Yeah. Uh, got just, a to get, just, just to give you a quick little preview, that's going to be talking about in about two minutes when we do roll call. So. All right. Awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah, we have that coming up in two minutes. A couple more uh, Super Chats to get to. So let's start with Mark Fisher. Maybe we'll get to uh, Easy the Great after um, after roll call. But thank you to Mark Fisher, Rev Fish for the four ninety nine Super Chat. With the rush game, we'd be six and three. I know Matt says don't, but is it that bad an idea to keep Baker and draft a stud running back in round one, love the coverage as always. Thank you very much, yeah. uh, Mark, for the comment. You know, Baker has been perfectly fine for a $4 million quarterback this right. season. And he's played better the last two weeks. And I don't think it's a surprise why they scored yeah. 39 points against the Texans and obviously helped the team win uh, in yesterday's game. So we'll see how the season plays out. I'm not, like, completely against bringing Baker back, but I, I right. don't think he's their long-term future at quarterback if you want to bring him back for a second season and maybe you still draft the quarterback this year and you let him sit on the bench for a season we've seen that work with other quarterbacks in the past yep. uh but running drafting running back in, in round one i just i don't don't think it's a good idea i think the bucks have yep. other um places on on the roster to address and again sure you can point to the lions they drafted jameer gibbs and it's worked pretty well but the falcons drafted Bijan john yep. robinson they've lost three in a row including two the previously one win Arizona Cardinals. So yeah. drafting a running back, I, I'd and rather I, them draft yeah. a, a lineman first. <laughs> I don't know that this is a, a first-round running back in this year's draft class either. This is not a great year for running backs. I think the best running backs probably going to be drafted in the second round. So I, I don't know that that's, that that's going to be an, an offing this year. And, and I agree with, with Baker Mayfield. I think we're seeing the best of Baker Mayfield. And I think that – the best of Baker Mayfield is probably a two touchdown, no interception type quarterback. That's what he's been really the last couple of weeks outside of the, the the bad throw against the Titans. But is that good enough to win a championship with? No. Is it good enough to get to the playoffs with as a wild card? Probably. Yeah, I think he's a I think he's a better than than good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback that I think either you need to have or you have to put a Herculean defense. With with yeah. multiple potential Hall of Famers around him, like the Bucks had with Brad Johnson, right? Uh, to to really make B Baker be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, because by himself, he's he's not that guy. Yeah, like I would say, is Baker a top fifteen quarterback in the league? He might be right around fifteen, yeah, but he's I think probably, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Did can you win a championship with a the fifteenth best quarterback in the league? I don't necessarily know, but what I do know is I always look forward to this part of Monday's podcast. It is time for some Roll Call. Where are you at, Peter People? We do this every single Monday at 420 um, with the Peter People. We love our fans so much. We really enjoy interacting with you guys on a pretty much a daily basis or every time that we do the podcast. So what we're going to start doing is uh, Scott is going to go on a rant, talk about uh, the, the Buccaneers and whatever way, shape, or form he wants to. And in the meantime... You want to throw your uh, the place where you are watching from in the chats, like uh, like right here. Yeah. Uh, we will put it up on the screen where you're watching from and uh, give a shout out to everybody for tuning in to uh, today's show. So, Scott, take it away. Yeah. Well, I thought that the Dave Canales and Todd Bowles did a really good job of complimentary football in terms of playing to players' strengths, and we've seen it now from Canales the last couple of weeks. He's using. Rashad White like Alvin Kamara, right? Which is where he's probably not going to have a 100-yard game, probably not going to have a 1,000-yard rushing season because Kamara's never had a 1,000-yard rushing season, by the way. But he makes Pro Bowls because he ends up with about 700 yards rushing and about 500 yards, 400 yards receiving in a season. And that puts him over, you know, 1,000 yards combined. And I think that's the type of player Rashad White is. I would have liked to have seen Rashad get a couple more catches rather than just the two but he certainly made his 43 yard screen pass for a touchdown um you know memorable but when it comes to bowls you know i we've been calling for this for weeks now right to 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 play different players in in certain roles and we we saw carlton davis not playing but 
Jamel Dean, Zion McCollum, Carlton Davis. These are press man corners that that Todd Bowles uh, has has inherited. He inherited uh, Carlton Davis, but he had a a hand in drafting Jamel Dean, who was a, a 2019 draft pick, as well as Zion McCollum. These are Todd Bowles corners that that play better in man coverage. And it's taken Todd a long time to, and you see this with some defensive play callers that are head coaches. They're more conservative. They're more risk adverse by nature. And it sounds weird because Todd blitzes a lot. Like the most, I shouldn't say the most, but he's up there in the top five every year in terms of the amount of blitzes that he sends. So in, in one hand, he's, He's very aggressive, but on the other hand, he's also very risk-adverse, and he's been playing too much zone to hide the weaknesses of his defense, which is the pass coverage abilities of, of, uh, of Ryan Neal and Devin White and, and not playing to the team's strengths. And I think that they watched film this week of that Texans game as, as, a, as an entire defense rather than break up uh, into the position groups and watching it individually, they watched it all collectively with Bowles. And Bowles went through every single player. And yes, this was the game plan against the Texans, right? Went through every single player that screwed up one of their assignments and and called him out. And he lit a fire under the Bucks defense by doing that. And, and Devin White had to sit there and hear about it uh, with defensive backs present, with defensive linemen present. And so did Carlton Davis with defensive linemen and linebackers present. And they had a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting. And at the same time, Bulls kind of made the decision, like, I'm going to kind of go for broke and we're going to start playing these players and, and we're going to throw caution to the wind and play more um, of this attacking style defense. And if we're going down, we're going down swinging. And I thought it was the right approach. And, and what, what a, a, a huge, stark contrast, right, between those two games, Matt, between 39 points and five touchdowns and not enough pressure and C.J. Stroud doing everything he wants to do versus uh, six points surrendered, Will Levis under constant barrage of pressure, getting everybody involved, uh, stuffing the run, making Levis in that Titans uh, offense one-dimensional, and, and I hope that's the template because the Buccaneers can come out and try to do that same thing against the 49ers, and it may not work, right? Uh, they might lose yeah. some one-on-ones. Ayuk may, may smoke Jamel Dean or Zion or Carlton if he's back, and the pass rush might not get to Brock Purdy. JTS might miss a sack, and Purdy ends up throwing a huge touchdown pass. It might not work, but I'd rather go down swinging that way with guns a-blazing then, then um, you know, have the the clock hit zero, and I still got some some bullets in the chamber. And so, I hope that there's a sea change now at one Buccaneer place, and the Todd Bowles looks at this and says, "We lost doing it this way, um, and we won doing it this way." And you know what? If it's if it's if it's not broken, um, you know, or if if it's what's the saying? Um, if it ain't if, broke, don't fix it. If it ain't it. broke, don't fix it. Right? Like, yeah. keep doing it. And I think Jamel Dean was kind of thinking the exact same way. Yeah, and you saw it a lot more on, on the defensive side with with the adjustments again with the with the snap count and everything. First of all, they took the training wheels off of Kalijah Cansey. I mean, yeah. he played more than any other defensive tackle. Six most snaps yeah. on the defense, and everyone else plays one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and he played a lot of defensive end too. He wasn't yeah. even a defensive tackle for a lot of those snaps. I'm just going through yeah. the all twenty two today, so I haven't logged it all, but. I'm going to be doing a story on, on Kalijah Kansi tomorrow. And, and my guess is he played probably half the snaps at defensive end for the Buccaneers and, and really, um, you know, helped helped get more beef up front because there were plenty of downs where you had Logan Hall, Vita Vea, Kalijah Kansi, neither Will Golston or Yaya Diaby. And, and that, that's a more stout front four right there for the Bucs. Yeah, and, and to that point, Yaya had the second most snaps uh, at outside linebacker after Shaq leading the way. So you had yeah. more than JTS. He had more than Anthony Nelson. He obviously rewarded the Bucks with uh, a couple tackle, a couple QB hits, and a sack. So, um, and Todd Bowles even said that today that we might be seeing a little bit more of Yaya week in and week out. And then, of course, the changes in the secondary, no longer committing to Ryan Neal, just playing every single snap uh, on defense. We saw right. Dee Delaney in there. You said yesterday about Christian Izian, who is the nickel corner, but also playing safety. Yeah. 
um, as well as Wade Butler says, SR for Bucks head coach and Matt for Bucks general manager. I think it'd be better as like an assistant coach, be like the guy that hypes <laughs> up the the crew and everything, yeah, and, and the crowd and and uh, the team, obviously. So I think that's more my role. But uh, I don't want to totally... be head coach. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, the GM or the defensive coordinator. I don't want to be the head coach though. By the way, um, great turnout again yes. for roll call. Absolutely loved it. You guys were fantastic. So. Going to give a couple shout-outs real quick. Frank G. watching from Santiago, awesome. Dominican Republic. Love to see that. AJ watching from Longview, Texas. Bucks fan my entire life in Cowboys nice. territory. I want to know how it went the past couple seasons when the Bucks would start the season against the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm right. sure there was a lot of uh, trash talking there. Fred Moore watching from Newark, Delaware. Shout-out Chris Godwin. I believe he's from Delaware. Jeremy Lowe. Right in our backyard here, Tampa, Florida. Go Bucks! Uh, Chris Cole, another uh, Floridian, watching from Bartow, Florida. And yeah. uh, I really like this comment from JB, who says, "Happy Victory Monday!" Listening while grading papers oh, in San awesome. Diego, California. I'm sure you're probably already in a great mood because you live in San Diego, um, right? <laughs> which is a great spot. But yeah. I also got to know, JB. And I don't know. I don't know like what you're teaching. Maybe it's multiple choice, so you don't have a. Uh, you don't have a choice, but if it's like an English, if you're teaching English and it's like an essay, right? <laughs> are you in a better mood because the Bucks win? Are you going to be a little yeah. more open to giving some higher grades to the students? Just, uh, right. just very curious. Um, I, I sure, certainly would want my teacher grading my test after their football team <laughs> won yeah. the uh, the day before. So excellent, excellent turnout again. Shout out to uh, to all you guys in that, the that's chat awesome. for participating in. Uh, in roll call absolutely love it um so yeah really appreciate you guys really appreciate our sponsor of the peter report podcast which of course is celsius energy drinks uh love celsius you heard us talk about all the great flavors that we have um uh, that we've talked about a ton um yeah i'm just drinking the sparkling orange pomegranate right now you see the cosmic vibe right there so many great flavors no sugar no uh post energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there so if you need to know where to find a celsius energy drink you're in luck just go to the celsius store locator on their website punch in uh your address and do your own little roll call with, uh, with celsius and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can find one it could be a 7-eleven health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. Once you keep going to your bodega and you know that you want more because you love it, start getting it in bulk. You can do that. I'd recommend the uh, variety packs, Variety Spice of Life. Um, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. You can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're in charge of it. It could be every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Uh, we got a couple more super chats to get to Scott. So I want to start with uh, because it was right before roll call, and yep. I told you we weren't going to leave you out. Shout out to Easy the Great. Thank you for the five dollars super chat. Who says Hainsey is just not very good at center, and Malk looks overwhelmed at right guard. Leverett would surely be an upgrade at center and move Hainsey back to guard. I'll start with Cody Mauk. Yeah. I mean, he went up against Jeffrey Simmons, who's one of the best defense tackles <laughs> yes. in the league, and it very much looked like a lopsided matchup. Yeah. I don't necessarily blame Cody Mauk. We've talked about it before. He's already at a better spot yeah. as a rookie starting at guard than Luke Gedeke was last right. season. You're going to get into some growing pains. I'm very optimistic about the future and potential of Cody Mauk and while the Bucks have had their struggles, especially running the football and, and on the offensive line at times, I don't think we've reached like Cody Mauk is playing so bad that he shouldn't be in there right. starting. And, you know, he's got to get his reps in and that's just kind of the nature of having a rookie at any position. There's just going to yeah. be the ups and downs. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think you and I are both in agreement after watching uh, pretty much all the training camp practices Nick Leverett's just better as a guard than he is yes. a center, you know, and we saw some snap issues and getting beat off the snap too during the preseason, especially in the run game. So I, 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 I would only want to see Nick Leverett at center in emergency type basis. Yeah. Um, so, and I agree with what you said about Malk. He's, they got to play him. He's going to get experience. This is not an Ali Marpet situation where he comes in as a second round pick, lights it up. This is more like a slow burn, like, Alex Kappa just got to get better and better week after week, year after year, 
and he'll eventually, I think, become a really good player. And I think that maybe his ceiling is a little bit higher than Kappas because he's a better athlete. And, and yeah. it, you know, one more year, or I should say really his first year in the off-season program, right, rather than having to yep. go to the Senior Bowl, go to the Combine, and meet all the, these people on the top 30 visits. He just focuses on being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, hits the weight room, and you'll see some huge strides with him, like I think you've seen from Gedeke from year one to year two. Speaking of strides, shout out to Cody Malk. If you guys go back yeah. and watch uh, the the touchdown by Rashad White, obviously White is yeah. much much faster. But Cody <laughs> Malk was the only guy running and sprinting I with know. Rashad White. He, he tried to uh, to meet him in the end zone. So really appreciate the uh, the hustle. JB says I teach high school history, and yes, I'm letting some grammatical errors slide <laughs> on these essays today. LOL. That's great, JB. Uh, social studies was actually my best subject in school. So shout out to all the history teachers out there. Good and stuff. shout out to uh, Meets McGee for this $5 super chat who says, Devin is who he is. He's a liability in the pass game and an above average run stopper. This shoulder pad wrangling technique is, <laughs> is a bad habit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much better Devin is going to get. We kind yeah. of already, you know, discussed that. I just think if you use Devin to what he does best, which is blitzing, which is using his speed. Yeah this defense can still be very successful because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you have Levante David to clean everything up. That's right. Yeah, you do. And listen, um, for, and, and there's, there's a lot of you out there that have kind of had your fill of, of Devin, you know, and, and, um, you know, mobbing for Christ 30 says Devin has to get off blocks too. He has issues disengaging, which is another concern. That's exactly right. And that's why he's not going to get re-signed. So, um, I hope for the Bucks' sake and for his sake, he continues to play better and play, this effective attacking style of of uh, play, and I, I hope that Bulls continues to deploy him in that manner because it, it works. But th this is his last year in Tampa. He he won't be resigned. Yeah, so enjoy it, enjoy it while you can. Yep. Khalif Young with the four ninety nine super chat. Appreciate you, Khalif. Says the formula for success is there on offense. They just have to duplicate it each game in some form or another based on who they are playing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say their offense is certainly trending in the right direction. It's never going to be perfect. It's never right. going to be that pretty. I've already accepted the run game is is not going to improve <laughs> right. that that much. I, I you know, I, I'm sure they'll sprinkle in a hundred yard rushing game one yeah. way or another. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just takes one big run to, That's right. to really spring it. But we'll see. We'll see. They're gonna they're going to continue to keep running the football. Um if Mike continues, I know with his drop issues, but if Mike continues to get open like he did last game, yeah. and you that just, works, you, you take advantage <laughs> of the mismatches, which McCreary they just kept throwing at him every single time, right. which they should do. Yeah, he's a I small think, guy. Again, this offense, you score 20, 21 points a game. Yeah, they're still going to win a lot of their games. As bad as the Bucks defense was, they've kept them in all the other games this season. So get back to that formula. Obviously, you'd want the Bucks to win forty to nothing every single game, but sure, nothing wrong with points. But yeah, nothing but, wrong yeah. with points. But yeah, and, and I, I agree with with what uh, DeGreen Flamingo says here. Canales needs two, three jet sweeps, the white screen, uh, you know, in white screens, uh, white screens a game, basically extensions of the run. Now, and, and I agree. I, I think that that Canales is using Rashad White in that capacity uh, more now because he's better in space on the perimeter than he is running between the tackles in holes that just aren't there or they close up too quickly. Or sometimes, you know, he or Chase Edmonds or Keyshawn Vaughn don't hit them uh, when, when they are presented, which is a little maddening, I'm sure. But, yes, I the, the jet sweeps, the misdirections, the perimeters, as you mentioned, I, I thought it was an astute point by you, Matt, that little toss play, yep. right, to Rashad White. Get a little bit more on the perimeter runs, more off-tackle stuff, I think. Because it's just not there in the interior. And I don't think it's going to be there until you replace Robert Hainsey at center. Um, you know, and, and Hainsey had a, a bad PFF grade from yesterday's game. And I kind of agree with that. I did not think he held up well. He gave up a sack to Tier Tart, which got Baker Mayfield demolished on one play. And then he goes out there on that screenplay. And yes, he got in the cornerback's um, sight line. And, and got in the way. And sometimes that's all you need to do as a blocker is just get in the guy's way. But he goes to like throw a block and he actually got lit up by the DB. It wasn't exactly a great look, but you know what? It was enough to get the job done. And and, uh, and really, Trey Palmer had a great block downfield too yeah. 
that sprung Rashad White. And Rashad hit the gas, man. Rashad hit the gas and and uh, and really turned on the Jets and, and got into the end zone. I wish, I really wish that we could see a couple more things to the outside, the tosses, the sweeps, and, and things of that nature. But yeah. I do wonder, because Canal said this a couple weeks ago, he's like, listen, we have multiple months of football. I'm not going to show everything right away. I do wonder... Like if when we get to December, yeah, and there's some more important games and these divisional games come up, mm-hmm. and it, again, it seems like a race to who's going to win the uh, the the divisional games against each other. That will probably right. decide who wins the division. I wonder, like the next time they play the Falcons and the Saints, if that's where we'll see true mastery and trickery with plays to the outside and things yeah. of that nature. Because they sprinkled it in. Chris Godwin threw a pass. They they tried some different things. Yeah. They do the end arounds. Uh, I really do wonder. Yeah, I agree. Scott Jacks with a four ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Scott. Says uh, I mentioned Cody to center at the start of the year. Scott, you shot that down. What about now? He is so quick on his feet. What about next year? Yeah, um, that that is certainly an option for the team. And um, I think as it stands right now, there are a couple of free agent centers they like. And and I think what they don't want to do is is uh, you know assume that the Cody Malk is going to be um, making a seamless transition to center. Remember, he was a left tackle at North Dakota State. And they like his aggressiveness and they like his intelligence, but you really have to be technically sound to play center, right? You've, you, you, you've got to be on time with your double teams. You've got to be able to, you know, to post your guy and then get to the second level. And I think that, that they see some Ryan Jensen traits in Cody Malk, but it's such a huge gamble to take a guy that's never snapped and and put all your eggs in that basket and say, oh, all right, we're, we're either going to have Cody Malk at center or we're going to have Robert Hainsey at center for one more year, right? And those are the only two options. I think that they're going to try free agency first. If they don't land a center of their choosing, then, then you possibly could see Cody Malk be in the mix for center next year, but they're not going to sit there and say, oh, well, he's, he's going to be our center hands down. So he's in the mix, but they're going to look at their options as well. Also, this offense uh, has a lot of timing and rhythm and stuff to yeah. it. That can get thrown off quickly with a, with a high snap or just a, a poor snap in general. And like you said, do you really want to risk that type of thing? Yeah. Uh, got a couple super That's chats. Starting, yeah, you're good. <laughs> uh, shout out to Paul again for another super chat. It says, breaking news. I love Celsius. Go Bucks. We love that you love Celsius. We love all of our fans as well, including you, Paul. Thank you. So much for the comments and uh, all the kind words as well. Yeah. Joel Reekin with a $2 super chat says, Tristan Wirfs at running back? When? Go <laughs> Bucks. All right. So I absolutely love, we all love watching Tristan Wirfs, uh, you know, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling yeah. down the field. I want to live in a world where we see a goal line package. You can yeah. either line them up in the backfield or line them up both at tight end. Tristan yep. Wirfs and Vita Vea. Yeah, in the same formation yep. at the goal line, it has to happen. It I needs agree. to happen. It would be absolutely fantastic be to see. And I, uh, I asked Todd Bowles because Baker got asked it yesterday, um, and I wanted to get Todd's thoughts on it. Just what was he thinking? Yeah, it was when, good stuff. When uh, Tristan Wirfs was uh, running down the field, and this is what Todd had to say about it. Very similar in, in, this, in the sense that, you know, this this is going to be a, a you know, we're, we could stay in this thing till the end. It could just be a game or two between whoever wins it and who doesn't. It, it's, it's the same, but it's different. We feel different because we're a different team. Right. Obviously, the record and everything is the same, but we feel like we'll be in it right to the very end. So we just have to take care of our business and get on the streak. And like you said, November and December football are very important. This is the third quarter for us. We can do well in the third quarter and set up the fourth quarter. We feel like we can bring it home. Baker was asked this yesterday, but want to get your thoughts as well. What's what's going through your mind when Tristan Wirfs picks up the football and starts running down the field? I was initially thinking, what kind of touchdown dance is he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> After that, I'll just make sure he holds on to the football. 
Now we need to know what yeah. Tristan, if he does score a touchdown yeah. in his career, what his touchdown uh, celebration would be. But we can yeah. find that out during the week. I remember Donald Penn had a touchdown catch for the Buccaneers. Uh, that they, they threw the ball to him. And, of course, remember the Buccaneers tried to throw. You know, Joe Haig had a touchdown yeah. in his hands in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. And so, um, you know, maybe that's coming at some point in time. We'll have to ask Dave Canales about that if he has any Tristan Wirfs. Uh, touchdown packages in there, whether it's as a running back or or catching a touchdown pass, as Vita Vea did against the Falcons a long time ago. And of course, Warren Sapp had a couple of uh, oh yeah touchdowns as well. He had, he had a fun little celebration when he would score. I don't recall. I was at the game when Vita scored. I don't recall mm-hmm. Vita doing like a big celebration or anything. But right anyway, yeah, yep. we love seeing big guys score. Yeah. Um, Young says the buck. Sr. Any chance we get the story behind the stories after you decide to hang them up? Bucks fans uh, know where to get their news. Love to know the full story of how you got Peter Report to this level. Uh, well, it, it's you know I've been the the constant and the mainstay really since all the way back in 1995 when I walked in the door with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. You know, so I'm old. Um, but it, really, what it's been is it's, it's been a collaboration, right? There's just so many people that have played a, a part in this. Um, you know, one of the, the first names that comes to mind is no longer with us, Mark Cook, who has been a right-hand man for, you know, a decade. He was literally the first guy that I kind of met in the media back in, in 1994 when I did an internship with Buccaneer Magazine. Got to know Mark a little bit. And then we worked together for a little bit. And then he did radio. And then we we hired him full-time. Um, you know, and, and Mark in turn got this intern named Matt Matera at the yeah. university of Tampa. Right. Yeah. And there's been so many pewter reporters and I, and I, Jenna Lane worked for us, um, uh, Trevor Sycama, John Ledyard, you know, and they're, they're, they're on doing different things now. Um, but they're still part of the pewter report alumni, the pewter Report yeah. family. Coach Matt's going to mainstay yeah. with us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 uh, it's not me. It's, it's the, the enterprise it's pewter report. I don't have my own Twitter for that reason because it's you know th- this is th- this this is a, a success due to three things. Number one, the people that work for Pewter Report, not just me. Number two, the Pewter people because we do this for you guys. Without you guys, this doesn't happen. This is not a success. And number three, it's just our our honesty, our integrity, and and the ability to tell the truth, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. But it just we we don't want to be cheerleaders for this team. We don't want to be negative Nancys. Sorry, Nancy. Um, we we just want to call like we see it. And I think that you guys appreciate the honesty and our honest opinions, our honest analysis, and and that's why you guys see our hard work that we put in, not just during football season, but nobody covers the off season like Peter Report. We're at the Senior Bowl. We're at the Combine. Yep. When it was here in St. Pete, we're at the East West Shrine Game. We were. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> we we tackled the draft and free agency. We have the trust of the organization in terms of our contacts in the front office, the coaching staff, and the players, regardless of who is the general manager or who is the head coach or who the players are, because they come and go. But it's we do the work, we put in the time, um, we we call it like we see it. We have integrity, and uh, because of that, through regime, through regime, through regime, we have maintained our excellence in reporting because of that standard. And I think you guys appreciate it. You help spread the word and we grow. And, and it's, you guys certainly get a lot of the credit to Peter people. Couldn't do without you guys. Yeah. Great statement, Scott. Couldn't, couldn't have said it any better. And football is the best. It is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's fun. There's not, there's not many things better than football. Uh, let's keep it going with the uh, super chats. Meets McGee. Thanks for this $5 super chat. Says Sap did another review last week on Devin. Mm-hmm. LOL. The refs was bad. Uh, the sack they, that got, he gave up was a defensive hold by Simmons on get a key. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a hold on. Uh, yeah, that was a very odd play with yeah, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons and holding Luke get Uh Yeah. I wrote about Warren Sapp calling out Devin white. Yeah, again. That's right. um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Devin got the message, you know, obviously Warren is uh, a legend and a box legend hall of famer and is not shy about uh calling people out by and any means he loves the buccaneers too yeah. he loves the buccaneers man he if you cut warren sap open i mean it's it's red but it's also pewter too man when he bleeds uh, he loves this team yeah and I, I think devin probably needed to hear it he got called out last season against the ravens got called yeah. out uh last week as well hey 
whether or not he got the message, he did respond much better on yeah. on Sunday. So maybe maybe that's what the doctor ordered, really. Yep, exactly. Um, Shaggy with the super chat here, five dollars. Tristan and B. Yeah. <laughs> unstoppable tush push. Yeah, I don't know if if Baker Mayfield would like to get pushed from behind by Vita Vea and Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, uh, and then have the offensive line in front of him, plus the defensive line. That that seems like he would become an accordion in that situation, and just kind of like crumple like a like a tin can. Um, yeah, and Baker has been hit kind of hard <laughs> yeah. at times, and has crumpled like an accordion. Obviously, that Saints game when he threw the touchdown to Kate Otten yeah. really comes to mind. And let's remember they did run a QB sneak in uh, in, in yesterday's game, and yeah. and was su- successful with it. It was not a tush push though, which. Again, was interesting because Dave Canales had said a week or two ago that they were working on their own type of uh, tush push, but nonetheless, yeah. Baker got the first down, so they didn't they didn't need it either way. Yeah, uh, great comment here from King Cook. What up, Buccaneer Nation? Glad we won yesterday, but there isn't anything I'm excited about. It was the Titans. Uh, I want to see these performances against the good teams in this league. Just saying. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, True. You got to win the winnable games, and they've lost a couple winnable games uh, to the Texans and the Falcons. And this is this is one of those those good teams you're talking about right here um, in the league coming up in the 49ers, and we'll see how they fare. Last year, 35 to seven, humbling defeat. If you remember, Donovan Smith had a holding call that negated yeah. the touchdown pass from Tom Brady to Mike Evans, um, and the Buccaneers just were were you know in the downward spiral after that. So we'll see if they make some progress this year. If they keep it close, if they sneak out a win. That would be an incredible Herculean feat because I don't know if this team has it in it right now to do so, but we'll see, Matt. I mean, they've had their chances against the Eagles, against um, against the Lions, and and came up short. This one will be even tougher because yeah. you're going to San Francisco, and they walloped the Bucks last year. So yeah, we'll and see. they just destroyed the Jaguars too yesterday, thirty-four uh, three. Yeah, meet Spaghetti. Thanks for the uh, this super chat as well. You're kind of just uh, re saying. Your other one about the rest were pretty bad. Yeah. The sack that Gedeke gave up wasn't on him. Simmons grabbed a hold of his neck collar, which allowed Landry to get the sack. Yeah, I mean, it was bad play. Should have been called. Um, the worst call by the refs was the, the like, it was a penalty on Anthony Nelson when uh, when Will Levis, like, ran and then slid, and they said that he hit yeah. Will Levis. But Will Golston hit Anthony Nelson more right. than he even hit Will Levis. Yeah. And they called the penalty on Anthony Nelson. That yeah. was just an odd, odd play and a stupid play and i i think that the refs they've been given such a, a, refs should a be mandate able to get yeah they, they should be held accountable for bad calls really and and it just yeah. if anybody is around a quarterback even when the quarterback becomes a runner he's not a quarterback anymore once he crossed the line of scrimmage the ball in his hand he's really no longer a quarterback per se he doesn't get the, the pocket protection right where you if, you if you go low and all that yeah. um you know to me I, I just think that they're ruining the game, uh, the, the game I grew up with and the game that I love. I fully agree with you, and it it irks me. It makes me so mad when – like, why are these refs part-timers? Like, the NFL is worth billions and billions right. of dollars. They make money hand over fist. That's yeah. why they're playing these games in Germany and London and all mm-hmm. these different spots. But the refs are part-time, like – Sean Hockley has a, I don't even know what he has, a construction business or whatever right. in the offseason that he attends to. Yeah. No, these refs should be paid full time so they can focus on making better calls. And I uh, yeah, I hate that. Like, if you say one bad thing about the ref, then you get fined and you get suspended and all this stuff. That's why I'm kind of happy. JJ Watt, he had a tweet yeah, the other day when he great. was calling about the rough in the past. And I hope JJ mm-hmm. Watt becomes a beacon for the players since he's retired now and he's obviously yeah. a, a big figure. I'd like to see former players, right? Um, yes. you, you know, and just just like it, there, there's some rules though. Like if you played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can't call a Steelers game, right? Like I mean, like like that's some kind of common sense stuff there, right? There's a bunch of other games you can call, uh, but but the players play this game. They understand this game, right? We we see former players become uh, assistant coaches, coordinators, yep. head coaches, general managers, personnel guys. Why not referees? I, I'm I'm all in favor of it. I, I think that that they would they would have a better understanding of what happens out there on the field and what is intentional and what is not and what is the context of the play. And and it was this a dirty hit? Was it was it yeah. clean? Um, there's just so many things like 
Like when, when you're lunging at a guy and you're you're basically in the air, and all of a sudden the quarterback ducks down, right? And if the quarterback didn't duck down, you'd be hitting him in the torso. But because he ducks down, all of a sudden he gets hit in the shoulder and the head area. You know, you, you, there's there's science at play here. There's gravity. There's physics, right? There's force. There's some things that you literally can't control that I don't think should be penalized. Now, if it's if you're launching and you're trying to take somebody out, then decipher that and then throw the flag, right? Toss the player, whatever. But I don't know. We could do a whole show it's, on that. I know. It's simple common sense, and they just don't use it. Uh, they don't use it half the time, which is really frustrating. There is another yeah. football game on tonight. I believe it's Bills versus the Broncos. So if you want to bet yeah. on that game, Make sure you do it over at mybookie.ag. And obviously Thanksgiving is is right around the corner. And one of the great yeah. things about Thanksgiving, besides seeing friends and family, is that you get to watch football as well, even a little bit earlier. I think the first game starts at noon uh, when the Lions play. But uh, you can skip the arguments with Uncle Dave on Thanksgiving and focus on what really matters, good food, boosted odds, and hitting those turkey day parlays. Picture this. Not just watching games, but turning every second into a potential win. With with my bookie, you can stream the games and live bet them and turn any game day into a payday. Ready to up your game? Sign up today and make your first deposit with the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, for a sweet deposit bonus up to $1,000. There you go. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that's a heck of a deal. <laughs> um, that's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your bonus. This isn't just a promo code. It's your secret weapon to get the extra edge on the house. The best part is you don't need to be a sports whiz to win at my bookie. You can cash in on everything from politics to your favorite shows and then some. But anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Check out their online casino as well. If you're into blackjack and cards and poker and all that different stuff, they have that too. So shout out to my bookie. It's a great website. I use it every weekend to bet on NFL and college games and it's just so easy to use, navigate, and I just love it. It's it's the best, in my opinion. Yeah, I won big yesterday just betting on the Raiders and the under and the Jets team total under. So yeah. uh, won a lot of won a lot of good stuff there. Uh, we got another super chat. Um, yep. Oh, a couple super chats. Shout out Joel Regan, who says, yes, give me sap as a ref. I think the only flaw in this is how many former players want to ref? It's a right. very thankless <laughs> job. Yeah. I'm not saying know, the star players. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm saying like the, the guy who entered the league as an undrafted free agent, hung around the practice squad, you know, for a couple of years, maybe saw some games yeah. and then still loves the game and and uh in a but got a feel for it. Those are the guys I'm talking about. Uh thank you to Sean for this 499 super chat who says, Hey SR, do you have any insight into Ooh. how folks in the building feel about Jaden Daniels? That's my guy right there, man. I love me some Jaden Daniels. Yeah, you were tweeting guys. about him recently. He's sensational. I mean, he really is. I liked him He's last year. He's having a Heisman year, but LSU was he lost really a couple is. of times, so yep. he might get lost in the shuffle. I agree, Matt. Uh, there were some some people in the building that were hoping he would come out last year. I think he made the right decision staying in. There's no doubt about it. He was a transfer from Arizona State. He was actually Rashad White's quarterback, and um, I've got a story on that coming out in a little bit. Um, Rashad talking about Jaden Daniels. So they're still friends. They talk weekly. And uh, there would be nothing greater for Rashad. Uh, he loves Baker. I'm not. I'm not throwing any disrespect towards Baker. But if the Bucks did want to go in a different direction at quarterback, and they were to draft one, and it was Jaden Daniels, Rashad White would be very happy because <laughs> they are friends and teammates from the Arizona State days. But this guy can do it, man. I wish he had about 20 more pounds on him because he's he's kind of a of a rail thin guy, but he's so fast, uh, so decisive, so smart, makes good decisions with the football. Um, he is he is offense in a bottle. You just open it up and poof, all this offense comes out. So you can hurt teams a lot of ways. And uh, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. This is the yep. year you don't have to have that top five pick. Matt and I have been saying it since before the, the season started. This is the year of the mega quarterback draft class. Trevor, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Sickham and I talked about this in, in an interview. that was in a preseason SR's Fab Five. Still rings true. Probably as many as 10 to 12 quarterbacks drafted before the end of day two. That's the third round. I think there were 12 drafted last year, including a bunch of day three guys. There could be as many as 20 quarterbacks drafted this year. So 
Um, That's insane. <laughs> it, it's an insane draft class because you have all of these super seniors, these guys that have the extra COVID year. Very right? true. Yeah. And 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 then you have the juniors on top of it. So really, really good uh, uh, quality of quarterbacks coming out. I think Jaden Daniels uh, may not be one of those those top guys. He might be there in the middle of the first round. Remember, Josh Allen was was coming out of Wyoming. He was the eighth overall pick. What was Patrick yeah. Mahomes? 10th, 12th? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's a it's a fantastic, it's a great point. It's a great point. And we're also due for a good quarterback class because two years yes. ago, like Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback that was taken in the first round. And that was a bad quarterback class. Last year it was it was very top heavy for sure, obviously. Right. Um, but there were there were some talent. Obviously, CJ Stroud is is lighting it up, but you know, yeah. outside of that, eh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. I saw a great comment. Who is it from? Uh, Shaggy said Tommy DeVito would be a better ref than a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Some some people aren't cut out, you know, for every type of profession. And, and we're talking about Tommy DeVito in terms of playing quarterback. But one thing I do know for sure is that Eric Gross is certainly cut out to be a realtor because this guy is the real deal when it comes to being a realtor. Matter of fact, he is the official realtor of Pewter Report. And the reason for that is because of his experience. Folks, if you're looking for a Pro Bowl caliber realtor, this is the guy. And here's the best part about it. He's a Tampa Bay fan. So you can talk you know, Tampa Bay football with him from day one and have that connection. Because Eric wants to, to treat his clients like lifelong friendships, not just transactions, right? Because sometimes you, you go... Uh, into a whole, uh, to like a house or a home, and then you end up selling and moving. And he wants to be the guy that you count on in every situation, whether you're buying or selling a home. Uh, go to the website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla.com. You can visit Eric uh, on Facebook and Instagram at the Eric Gross Group page and give him a call at 513 907 4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, Eric Gross Group will treat you right. They've got a network of over 85,000 agents across the country so they can help you sell your house if you're moving to the great state of Florida and, and find that home here. Or if you're leaving the great state of Florida or moving around the state, they can help you on both ends of the transactions, buying and selling. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. The Eric Gross Group is the one you need to turn to. The official realtor of Pewter Report and Houses in FLA, that's the website. Make sure you visit it. Check out their inventory. Shout out Eric Gross Group. Um, before we end the show, I really like this comment from Narav who says, Sap, Ray Lewis, Peyton Manning, <laughs> Pat McAfee, Marshawn Lynch, JJ Watt, oh Tony Romo God. as the ref crew <laughs> for the pro for the Pro Bowl or for the pro game. Oh my gosh. At the pro Bowl. That yeah. would actually be kind of funny. You test it out in the uh the, the flag football pro bowl game now. Yeah. I also think the Pro Bowl, obviously, it, it, they don't even play the game anymore, which I think is kind of better. Yeah. Um Get the linemen more involved. I know, like, maybe it's because Tristan Wirfs was the only guy that represented the Bucks last right. year. And they had the stupid, like, I don't know, American Gladiator thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Get the linemen involved. Let the linemen run routes. I want to see yeah. Peter Vea against another D lineman in, in pass coverage or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate that, Shaggy, hitting that uh, thumbs up. Give us the likes. Give us the thumbs up. Give us the comments. Uh, whenever you do that for any Pewter Report podcast or any video, whether it's it's Matt's uh, Pewter Picks and Props, which comes out every Friday, or my Pewter Pulse videos, it helps our algorithm on YouTube and gets us in front of more awesome Pewter people like you. Uh, one last comment here from Kells808. As far as Bulls, the Bucks head coach next year, even if the Bucks win the division and make the playoffs, I address that in the the new Bucks mailbag, which will be coming out in just moments on pewterreport.com. It's done. So stay tuned for that answer. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I address this question specifically in there, and I'll give you the answer. I like it. A little uh, a little teaser there. By the way, guys, please make sure you're following us on all of our social media, on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are at Pewter Report, and then our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. have a lot of video from uh, Todd Bowles and Jamel Dean. We didn't even get to it in the show because we've just been having great conversations with everybody. So I'll uh, throw some up. We got some up on our social media already. I'll throw some more on our uh, on our YouTube as well. So follow us on our YouTube channel at Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Like I said, if uh, you're watching the show not live later on, still feel free to put your location in the comments. We'll make sure that. 
we uh, like it and uh, and yeah, all that I've, fun stuff. I've reached out to John Lynch to see if he can come on either Wednesday show or Thursday show. And if, and if he can, might have to accommodate the time change because he's in the West Coast as the general manager for the 49ers. But what better guy to do a little Bucks 49ers yeah. preview <laughs> than a former Bucks legend and, and Hall of Famer, John Lynch. So working on that, hopefully he can do it. Stay tuned. But we'll certainly have uh, either news about that um, or we'll have the fourth lock show, which is our typical preview show on Wednesday. Yep. All right. Awesome. That's going to do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. Happy Victory Monday. <laughs>